0: Welcome into NSN Daily. Uh, Chris Murray, Alex Markley's down outside the Thompson Max Center. I'm Brian Samudio, Anthony Resnick, directing behind the scenes, behind the camera down in in Vegas. I want to give credit to everybody. Shannon Kelly is running running camera down there. Alex, it's uh, you know it, it was a, it's been a great experience covering these these tournaments. Chris, you and I and Shannon have done it for so many years. Uh, certainly a different environment this year, but. Uh, uh, you know what, there was a brush fire in there, and it's, his name is um, Desmond Cambridge. Cambridge was absolutely unbelievable in this game. Grant sherfield uh, you know, they had the one-two punch, and Nevada wins this one, 89-82 over Boise State.
1: Yeah, it really was a fantastic win for the Wolfpack, and you said it, Cambridge was the star of this game. Nevada, you know, they kind of go as their stars go. When Cambridge and Sherfield play well Nevada, is tough to stop, and, and they were great in this game, and it was definitely Uh, Cambridge, who set the tone early, hit those three threes in a row, Uh, Nevada hitting nine threes in the first half and really put together one of the most impressive offensive performances in the two years under head coach Steve Alford. The 51 points they scored in the first half were the most in a first half uh, this season, only four shy of their best half period when they scored 55 points earlier in the year against Wyoming. But, you know, this was a hard-fought win. Uh, I thought Nevada really did a great job on the glass, uh, especially on the offensive rebounding. That was a big key, I think, in the first half. Uh, for them, they weathered a couple storms from Boise State, who did a great job of getting to the free-throw line. Uh, this was a hard-fought, well-earned win for Nevada, and it's exciting to see this team uh, get a chance to play in a Mountain West semifinal.
0: Chris, Cambridge with 31 points. Uh, we had Sherfield with 26. Uh, Warren Washington, 18 points and 11 boards in this game. Um, Nevada shot the lights up. Both teams shot the lights out in the first half, um, and then Nevada clamped down on defense in the second. You, you picked Nevada to win this game, but just not in this fashion. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, Nevada played really well. When their guards play like that, they're going to be really tough to beat, and they're going to have to do the same against San Diego State in the next round. Uh, you mentioned Des with the 31 points and Grant with the 26, but it was the efficiency in which they did it. I mean, uh, Des makes 11 of 19 field goals. Uh, Grant hits all three of his three-point attempts, and the thing that I really liked is this team was super hot in the first half, and they could have said, okay, let's go out in the second half and shoot a bunch of threes, but they didn't do that. They made zero three-pointers in the second half, but they played so much better on defense. They allowed 70% shooting in that first half, and that's not sustainable if you want to win a game. They really buckled down defensively, held Boise State to 35.7% in the second half. As Alex mentioned, the rebounding was huge. Nevada was the better rebounding team in this game. Um, And they just played a really great first half uh, offensively, a really great second half defensively. Des played great over both halves, and they were the better team. I mean, it was easy to make this pick to a degree because they were clearly better in the two regular season games and then Boise State comes out without a Abu job, their second best player, like Nevada had to feel like we're the better team. Let's just go play like that. And they did right from the gate. And they just had that lead wire to wire. I mean, they were up 10 points within seven minutes, and Boise State made some runs. And Dez hit a, a big shot a couple of times when Boise State cut it to six. And Wolfpack was the better team in this game, and they were the better team in the three games. So it shouldn't be a huge surprise that they're moving on to the semifinals for the fifth time in six seasons. So
0: Nevada beats the four seed. Now you're going to have to beat the two, uh, the one seed. And uh, there's a good chance you're probably going to have to beat a two seed to go to the NCAA tournament. But, Alex, the way I saw this team play tonight, there isn't a team in this conference that they cannot beat. And we've been saying this for a while now.
1: Uh, no, and I think Nevada should feel confident going into this game against San Diego State. I mean, they took them to the wire both times down at Viejas Arena. One of those games was a buzzer beater they lost on and San Diego state did not look very good in their game against Wyoming. They were almost upset by the Cowboys uh, prevailing by just a couple points there in the very last seconds uh, against uh, a Cowboys team at the eight seat. Uh, San Diego state is nothing to play for. This is a team that has won 20 games this year in the regular season, and they are guaranteed a spot in the NCAA tournament. And so there's an interesting kind of deal is like, what do they have to play for? And I know it can go either way, but For me, I think there's something to be said for the team that's got that kind of edge. And, hey, look, our season is still on the line. You know, San Diego State, they lose to Nevada on Friday. They still get to play. Nevada, they have a chance to do something special, and they have a chance to continue their season. And I I don't think you can really discount that. Whether that gives anybody an edge, I'm not really sure. But I think if you're the Wolfpack, considering the way they played in the second half against – Colorado state when they scored 48 points offensively and they were able to come back and beat the Rams who are one of the top four teams in the mountain West this year. Then they come out against Boise state score 51 points in the first half and everybody's contributing. Everyone's lighting it up. Dez has one of the best shooting performances that we've seen from him all season long. And again, it was a career high in points. So Nevada has no reason to feel like, Hey, we, we can go do this. We can do something special. And they've got the head coach, that has the pedigree and the understanding of how to win big games. And he's done it at this, this tournament many times. And Steve Alford has the confidence to go out there and do this. So I think it is, it's kind of a scary situation if you're the other teams left in the mountain West to look at Nevada and go, I'm not sure you want to suit up against these guys right now. This is a scary team that has nothing to lose.
0: I, I love that. You mentioned the coaches. And we would be remiss to not mention Noodles. Craig Neal has won this tournament before. Uh, Brian Dutcher coaching under the great Steve Fisher, who won a national title at Michigan. Uh, Chris, the meeting of the minds up in this next one, this is going to be a great coaching cerebral matchup against San Diego State.
2: For sure. I think Steve Alford would tell you it comes down to players. I mean, he said that earlier this week because he was asked, what would it mean to you to get five different schools to the NCAA tournament? He'd be the third coach ever to do that. And he said, you know, that'd be cool, but this is going to come down to the players. I want this experience for them. This has been such a difficult year for them going through COVID protocols that I want them to be able to get to an NCAA tournament and just have that feeling of playing on the biggest stage. Um, Yeah, he's won five conference tournaments, Steve Alford. That's top 15 among active, active coaches in the NCAA. I mean, Nevada never going to be outcoached in a game like this. That's a huge advantage for sure. But it's going to come down to do these guards, uh, Des and Grant, do they play like they did tonight? They're going to need that. They have an advantage over San Diego State in the backcourt. San Diego State's backcourt's not great. Um, can Nevada slow down Matt Mitchell? Matt Mitchell is a handful. He's a load. Robbie Robinson has done a pretty good job against him, uh, both last year and this year. So I think you're gonna see Robbie Robinson play a lot. And the biggest thing in that first game is they had Nevada, no answer for Nathan Mensa, the, the center for San Diego State, a very, very good center. I feel like Warren Washington and KJ Himes have gotten a lot better since these teams played in early January. Uh, but Nathan Mensa dominated Nevada offensively, and then he did a huge job defensively. I mean, Nevada made only 31 of 72 point shots against San Diego State. Uh, the interior defense of San Diego state is significantly better than what you saw with Boise state. So it's going to be much more difficult for Nevada's offense. Um, You know, the coaches will play a role, but in the end, to me, this comes down to players playing great and Nevada's great players who played great in this game. Can they do that again, against San Diego state a much more difficult defense Um, more than capable of doing. So they're going to have to go out there and do it though.
0: Guys, we didn't see Zane Meeks play. Uh, He was in sweats. So Nevada was down one of their top players Uh, not necessarily the loss that Boise state had due to injury, but, um, Alex, I'll pose this to you first and then Chris, um, are you putting Zane on the shelf for the year? Do you think he's done for the year?
1: Yeah, I don't think we're going to see Zane Meeks play uh, for the Wolfpack for the rest of this season. Um, you know, the, the, the knee, it looks like it's just going to be too much. Um, you know, Coach Offer has said he doesn't think it's going to require surgery, and he keeps saying it's kind of up to Zane. But, uh, you know, it's just the way that things are kind of transpiring. I don't expect him to play. And that is kind of a big loss for him about it. I think that is a big spark that he provides off the bench. It's another guy with size. It's a guy that can knock down threes, but Nevada has been able to adjust now for a couple of games and they can't really use the excuse uh, about Zane Meeks. I mean, they've had to adjust without him and you've seen Kane Milling step up uh, and really hit down some outside shots. We're seeing more three point production from Trey Coleman. Uh, I think other guys have really stepped up in his absence and and have helped fill the void, but certainly Nevada would take it if they could get Zane Meeks on the floor, but just the way things are pointing, I, I really just don't see him suiting up.
0: Chris, are you on the same boat?
1: I agree with that. And Nevada's going to need more from its bench. Its bench didn't do
2: a ton in this game. I mean, really, it was three guys. Cambridge, Washington, and Shurfield are the only guys on the team who scored more than five points. Now, when they go out and when they combine for almost 80 points, that will work. But you're not going to expect that every single game. So you are going to need the Trey Colemans, the Robbie Robinsons, the you know K.J. Himes, the Kane Millings, to come and step in and you know all of those guys don't have to have great offensive games but if two of them can that's a huge lift for this team. Uh, San Diego State has a top 10 defense in the nation though so they're going to be more than prepared to face Nevada defensively. Um, Yeah if you're Nevada I wouldn't count on having Zane Meeks for either any of these two games that the Nevada could potentially play this week but if they do make the run and get to an NCAA tournament uh, you know I think Nevada's kind of moved on in terms of thinking that he would be somebody who they would have coming off the bench.
0: Alex, you and I for Nevada Sportsnet News 4 we've covered this tournament so many times. And usually it's uh, it's it's kind of a hazard zone doing live shots in that parking lot this time of night because you've had some fans that have maybe been pre-partying around and you've got two more games tonight. It is a ghost town behind you right there that's usually packed. I asked Shannon this, uh, what, what's it been like going into this environment at Thomas and Mac and they are, there's nobody there?
1: Bizarre. I mean, they were pumping fake crowd noise uh, over the speakers, and honestly, like the crowd noise they chose, I don't know, like who had the track for that. Like, I just didn't like it. Like, it just sounded weird. Uh, it made me feel kind of uncomfortable. I can't imagine what it was like for the players. Um, it's just different. I mean, this whole year's been different. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I said that to Shannon. We rolled up to Thomas Mack, and it was like you wouldn't even know that there was a basketball tournament being played here. You know, normally you got guys directing traffic. There's signs for the Mountain West tournament everywhere. I mean, there's a couple of little placards like here and there. and They did put like the logo up one of the stairs that they usually don't put it. Um, so it's a different scene um, for sure. It's been a different year uh, for sure. So it's, it's uh, yeah, I guess it kind of falls in line with that, but you're right. I mean, I, I think we kind of sat there a couple of times, Shannon and I were just like, it's just strange. It, it's yeah. strange, but uh, you know, good, good for these kids. That they get to play and I know how excited they are. And It is still fun to watch these guys, you know, live their dreams and see a guy like Des Cambridge playing in this first Mountain West tournament and the way that he performed Warren Washington, playing in his first Mountain West tournament, Grant Shurfield and the way that these guys stepped up on the big stage. That was fun to watch.
0: Yeah, they may have knocked Boise out of the NCAA tournament. Chris, do you think that Boise's bubble has popped? A lot of uh, major analysts had them as last four in.
2: Yeah, they're going to be at least first four out. I mean, if not worse, I mean, they lost their last four games. They were five and seven over their last 12. Uh, Nevada almost single-handedly knocked Boise State out of this NCAA tournament by beating them three times. So um, it's unfortunate for the Broncos, but if you're Nevada or if you're a Wolfpack fan, you don't care about that. But definitely they just took a bit away from a Mountain West team. I think the most the Mountain West can get in probably is three teams now. Uh, but that's, you know, that's, that's Nevada handling its business and Boise State just kind of falling apart at the end. They, they had some bad injury luck, but, um, you know, the Broncos certainly have not played well in this tournament under Leon Rice. I mean that's a, a stat you can't deny. They're 5-10 under Leon Rice at the Mountain West Tournament, and given the talent that's come through that program, they should have much more success than just three semifinal appearances during the last 10 years. I mean, Nevada's in its fifth semifinal in the last six years. Unfortunately for them, they usually run into San Diego State. San Diego State has ended Nevada's Mountain West Tournament three of the last five years. So um, can Nevada get over that hump, that bugaboo? The Aztecs have really had their number when it comes to this conference tournament.
0: Got about 45 seconds left in this segment. Chris, is your scenario then, Nevada beats San Diego State. San Diego State gets in as, as an at-large, plays Utah State in the title game, and then beats Utah State.
2: Yeah, I mean, San Diego State is in for sure. If, yeah. if Nevada gets through and wins, they're in for sure. I think whichever of Colorado State and Utah State get to the final will be in. Um, but if Nevada able to go through there, they could take another bid from Colorado State or Utah State. I don't see this conference getting in four teams just because it's the 10th-ranked tenth, tenth RPI conference in the, in the nation. They, if you're that low, you don't get four teams into the big dance.
0: You know, I know it's weird is that it's raining in Las Vegas. Uh, it, it, I've seen a wet parking lot down there, but at the same time, what would be the irony guys? And I'm just putting this out there as a thought. not asking the question. If Steve Alford was able to return to the state of Indiana, where all of the games are being played for the 2021 NCAA tournament, Mr. Indiana would be able to return to that. I don't want to get past anything else. It's going to be Nevada and San Diego state 6:30 PM tip off on CBS Sports Network. We will, of course, have full coverage for you right here on Nevada Sportsnet and NevadaSportsnet.com. Alex Margulies down there in Las Vegas, buddy. Get some rest, man. I know it's been a long day for you, Bob.
1: Yes. you guys. <laughs> well,
0: have much more coming up on NSN Daily right after this. You know, Chris provides tons of great content for NevadaSportsnet.com, but sometimes we come across a nugget that, you know, it just becomes, just becomes a lot of fun, you know, and, Uh, We love doing lists, but this time around, it's a trend on social media of, you know, build your starting five or build your whatever team with $20. How would you build your football team or whatever? And uh, Chris, you put together, build your starting Nevada five basketball team on the men's side with coaches. So you get 20 bucks to pick six people. And it's like, okay, you can spend a lot of money on a coach if you wanted to. Musk was a $5 coach. Trent Johnson was 4 three all for, two for Mark Foxer, one for Sonny Allen. Um, and nobody, as last checked, nobody picked the same team that you did.
2: Yeah, that was a tough, tough task, though. I mean, you're talking about hitting six different guys. So yeah. um, that was probably unfair to expect that. I don't even think anybody even got four out of the six. But everyone could do a different team, and they're all fun different teams. I, I went a defensive-oriented team, though, because basically everybody on this list could score, or they wouldn't be on the list. So give me guys who can play two ways and get some stops that win games. Um, And that's kind of the route that I took. I did give myself one exception with a guy who wasn't a great defender, but uh, four of my five players, I think, are A-plus defenders. And I I did spend all my money on my players, basically, because those are the guys who win the game. So for coach, I went Sonny Allen, $1.00. Uh, you know, he finished his career with 613 wins. He won a division two championship at Old Dominion, coached in the NBA, WNBA, CBA, WBL, was the coach at Old Dominion at the D1 level. SMU took Nevada to its first two NCAA tournament berths and actually played really well in those games against some pretty strong teams, Washington and North Carolina State. So um, uh, I just love Sonny and the way that he played too. I mean, this was a guy who had the nickname the fast break coach. Uh, he's the one who wanted to run and gun. So I think he would have uh, fit really well with the players that I picked as well.
0: Uh, let's go through your players. Uh, your point guard, Lindsay drew a bargain at
2: $1. Yeah. I mean, like we mentioned a lot of star players on this team and I want somebody who's going to run the show and not need, you know, 15 shots per game to be an effective player. And that to me is Lindsey drew. I mean, he was, uh, a great point guard, a very good defensive player, two-time All-Mountain West defender, the only player in program history with 100 blocks and 100 steals, very good rebounder for a point guard size. He's a very good three-point shooter. Uh, toward the end of his career, he shot 41% from three over his last three years, and he could score the ball, too. So you can't do much better than Lindsey Drew just in terms of a pure point guard. So that's where I went with my point guard spot.
0: Your two guard, a good compliment, as you mentioned, at Johnny High at three bucks.
2: Averaged uh, 3.9 steals per game in his Nevada career. Like this was an elite, elite defender. Some of the quickest hands for anybody who's ever played at Nevada. He also averaged five assists per game, uh, 17 points per game. He was the number 24 pick of the 1979 NBA draft. He was the first player from the Wolfpack to ever playing an NBA game. So a tremendous player on those late 1970s team. Uh, You know, he was on that first squad. that got to the NIT. They played some of the nationally ranked teams like USF and did really, really well. So, uh, you know, Johnny High, I think, would have fit perfectly in what Sonny Allen likes to do, which is play fast.
0: The only player that you and I uh, both picked at five bucks, uh, your small forward at uh, Kirk Snyder.
2: Yeah, the last three guys, all five dollar players. Uh, so that's why I saved my money for these guys. Kirk Snyder was a tremendous player at Nevada. He was the alpha of Alphas on that 2014 team, a very good defender at six foot six. A crazy athlete. I remember him dump, jumping over Von Wafer in an NBA game, literally jumping over a six foot five guy in an NBA game to dunk the ball. Um, you know, tremendous score, 17 points per game during his senior season. Uh, and a really good three-point shooter toward the end of his career as well. And he could get to the free throw line. He could get to the rim. Um, He was kind of the heart and soul of that 2004 team. So I I wanted to include him for sure. Power forward, you go with uh, the Galena High product, Luke Babbitt. The one guy on the list who is not a great defender. Now Luke is six foot nine and he was a good rebounder, maybe not the best defender you could find out there, but to me he's the most versatile offensive player Nevada's ever had in its history. The first McDonald's All-American, the Wolfpack sign. The only guy in an entire season to make at least fifty percent of his field goal attempts. 40% of his three pointers and 90% of his free throws. That's kind of like a vaunted mark in the NBA. And he did that during his sophomore season when he averaged 22 points per game. If he stayed at Nevada all four years, he would have been the program's all time leading score uh, shot 42% from three in college and 40% in the NBA is a top 40 uh, player in three point percentage in the NBA's history as well. So I don't have a ton of shooting on my team. That might be the one weakness, but Luke definitely fills that void. And uh, you know, was just a super Supreme offensive player.
0: And your final $5 pick at center, Uh, this is the guy that I probably get the most debate over. And I think it's before, if you were born before 1970, you pick Edgar Jones as your greatest of all time at Mm -hmm. Nevada. If you are born after 1970, you you have the the opinion, I do, that it's Nick Fizikas. But you really can't pick somebody wrong here. And Edgar Jones, I, I really would have loved to have seen him play at this level of competition.
2: Six foot 10 center. Uh, the first real true huge star for the Wolfpack spent four years here, average 19 points, 11 rebounds, three blocks per game, 50% of his shots. Uh, you know, with Luke being kind of an average defender, I feel like having Edgar back there, if anybody did get close to the rim, like he would just swat that ball away. Very electric defensive player and obviously a very good offensive player. He participated in the first NBA slam dunk contest ever. That's a, kind of, a fun little nugget. Um, You know, he had a nice NBA career. He played overseas for a long time as well, but six years in the NBA, averaged almost 10 points and five rebounds per game and only 20 minutes per contest. I remember talking to him several years ago and he said that he kind of treated practices as his games because he didn't get as much playing time as he would have liked. So he tried to beat up on the starters in practice, but, you know, had some knee issues toward the end of his career, which kind of curtailed his NBA career. But, um, you know, he was a tremendous, tremendous player. I obviously didn't see him, but you talk to anybody who did see him play for the Wolfpack in the 1970s and they just, absolutely rave about how talented and special of a player he was. Uh, so that, that's my group. I really like the defensive backbone of that team. And I feel like with Luke Babbitt, Kirk Snyder, and Edgar Jones, you're going to have plenty of scoring. I mean, Johnny High's a very good offensive player as well. And Lindsey Drew would just, you know, get everybody in the right spots and make everybody play to their best potential. So there's no right or wrong answer to this exercise, but those are the guys I went with.
0: It was, it was fun, and it was it was fun for me to look through some of these teams. And I found myself looking at everybody's team and going, okay, I like that. I like that. I'm like, oh, wait a second. You don't have a big man. You've got five guards in this team. I know it was, oh, I like these guys. And then there were teams that didn't have a guard. I'm like, what, is JaVale going to run the point for you, even though we thought he could? You know, it, was, it was fun, but it was a, a fun experiment, and I think it was a success. So, yeah, definitely. Maybe something we'll think about and do something down the line and go, all right, how do we – you know, translate this into football or translate this in a, into an infield or something like that. I don't know. But uh, either way, go out sportsnet.com if you want to check out the graphic, it's there and um, you can compare your team with Chris's team. It's a lot of fun, but uh, uh, thank you very much for everybody who, uh, who participated coming up next here on NSN daily rail city. Todd will join us. We'll have some picks for the weekend. Let's come with next. The following segment is sponsored by rail city ale house. Welcome back to NSN Daily. Let's send it over to Sparks in the Rail City Casino. Todd Deremer, Vice President, and, of course, the General Manager over there at Rail City and the Rail City L House. Todd, looking dapper as usual. How are you?
3: I'm doing good. This is my Wolfpack outfit, by the way. I got the colors all matched up right today.
0: Nice, nice. Well, hoping for a
3: win this afternoon.
0: Uh, let's uh, let's talk about this tournament um, when it comes to odds of, of winning the Mountain West Conference tournament. Uh, what are you seeing on your board?
3: So um, the one that I like the best on the board is Utah State, and um, doing some research, although Boise has their number. If they match up, it might not be good, but I did see that they're plus two fifty, and in Chris's rankings, he has them three to one. So I think I think we're both kind of on the Utah State thing.
0: <laughs> Chris, I think I think he's right. I mean, Utah State's one of those teams, one of those three teams, four teams in this conference that could make a run and, and take the whole thing.
2: And they have extra motivation than a team like San Diego State, which is already in the tournament. Utah State probably needs to, at minimum, get to the championship game and potentially even win this whole event to get into the NCAA tournament. They're one of the last four teams out right now, and they just have a great history in this tournament. They've beaten San Diego State in back-to-back Mountain West championships, and I think it's going to be the exact same result this year. I think it's going to be Utah State over San Diego State. They just have such a dominant defensive player in Keita that it just makes the game so much more difficult for everybody else. Now, their offense is nowhere near as good as it was last year with Sam Merrill, who's now playing in the NBA. So, um, you know, they're not quite as good of a shooting team. The odds at five to two, if I'd be on any to this tournament to win the whole thing, I would be putting my money with the Aggies.
0: Todd, can you give us a little insight, not giving away company secrets or anything like that, but when the odds makers do look at things like this, how much do they take that into account? I mean, Chris and I do all the time because, you know, you get some more insight into the team. This person maybe uh, is affected by something or whatever. How much do they take into account that up, San Diego State really doesn't have a ton to play for right now? They know they're already in.
3: They absolutely take that, whether it's basketball playoffs, any type of playoffs, or like you see it in the NFL a lot coming down towards the end. Um, if teams are going to arrest people or they even anticipate, they'll throw those lines out there. Um, the goal is to balance out the book lots of times. So if you think it's going to go, one way or another, you, you flip the lines to make sure that you, um, kind of mitigate losses at that point when you see, so there's a bunch of strategic stuff that happens when you're running lines. And, um, some of the big books have between five and seven guys, just running lines nonstop to really get props, right. To get all that stuff, right. So it's a, it's a big deal. And, you know, as it expands, it's only going to get bigger.
0: Uh, we, we talk about futures a lot when it comes to this show. Michigan State is a plus 3,000 to win their tournament in the Big Ten. Arkansas,
3: plus 5,000, is that is that the number we're at right now? That is a plus 5,000 for a team that's coming off an eight-game winning streak, although they only beat one ranked team, but still, it's an eight-game
2: winning streak. They, they appear to be hot. Chris, you want to throw 10 bucks down on Moss? For sure. I mean, that, those are great. Uh, it's 50 to one. I mean, this is going to be a top three seed in the NCAA tournament uh, they' They've been playing great of late. They've had a number of quad one wins. Uh, you know, the eight rate wins, as Todd mentions, but it's really 11 out of 12, too. So uh, this is a team that and done player, and Moses uh, Moody, he's going to be an NBA player next year. Uh, you know, Muss has had a little bit of success in the NCAA tournament. I think you put your money on anybody to win the NCAA tournament, you're probably not going to win because only one team wins in the end, and I think it's going to be Gonzaga. But those odds are, are outstanding for Arkansas right now. This is a team that's playing as well as anybody in the nation, probably even including Gonzaga over the last five or six weeks.
0: Uh, Todd, I'm going to throw a curveball at you. I apologize. I'm going to bring something up that, that we had not talked about beforehand. Uh, Dak Prescott, uh, the signing the big contract there. Did you see any movement on your board of the Dallas Cowboys with the uh, the, the big contract with Dak?
3: We, we didn't see any movement so far, but it, it's hard to really tell. That's that future stuff is so far down in the realm of what's happening because of March Madness and everything else that I just don't think people are paying attention a lot to that right now. They're they're all about the tournament coming up. It's it's the biggest thing going.
0: It's the it's the new now next. It's what's going on yeah. right now. They want the yeah. satisfaction today.
3: Where oh, can wait. I win money today? Exactly. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. Any any hockey games this weekend you're looking forward to? There hasn't been a lot. Um, the Flyers are kind of been up and down. Hart's had an issue, so he just hasn't been on spot. So I kind of haven't been paying attention to him that much. Gotcha. gotcha. What's, what's as you see again? my Flyers thing, I uh, lost interest
0: I <laughs> for the for that, past absolutely. week. <laughs> We won't ask you where you got oh, the beads wow. or how you got the beads. We won't ask you how you got the beads. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's for a different, that's for NSN after dark. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> what's going on at uh, the Real City Alehouse this weekend when people can go out and watch some uh, some, some great college basketball tournament action?
3: So we started something this week. We actually are doing gifts on Thursday. So today, uh, after, when, when we air, it'll be done. But just to tell you, we're giving customers knives today. at um, super great, Emerald Knife. So... Um, We like the knives. Uh, The the kitchen stuff just works really well. Tomorrow, uh, steak and endless shrimp still, we always have that going. Saturday gift, um, we have uh, lights actually. They're LED lights, they're like a cool patio set light. So we think that's gonna do well. Last week, the pans, we gave away all 600 by uh, 630. So um, clearly our purchasing team has to buy more gifts because we keep running out because the demand is so high. So we'll have to tax those guys. Um, And then Sunday, we have something unique happening. I know we've been talking about it, but we still have the two soft-shell crab tacos, $7.99. And we're pairing it with a draft. I actually have a can of it here today. Maybe we'll crack it later. But El Raposo from from Revision Brewing. We've spent some time this week working with Revision Brewing, and they just have a lot of really cool stuff happening. Um, They're really an up-and-comer from a brewing standpoint, so we like that we get to partner with them and do some fun stuff. You can't go wrong with Revision. You really can't there. Chris, are you renovating the Murray
0: household with all these gifts? I mean, I've, I haven't seen any come to my house, but I mean, <laughs> some great stuff, some quality stuff going on.
2: Got to go down to the ale house to get the stuff. That's the, <laughs> yeah. that's the, I got to
0: leave the house. That's the point. Yeah, that's the, the point.
2: The house, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I I love a good knife. Uh, you know, it's a very valuable tool when you're when you're cutting stuff. We had a big tri-tip yesterday, and I brought out my big knife, so uh, very useful. And the LED patio lights, like that that's intriguing to me. It's starting to warm up a little bit. We've got a little fire pit in our backyard, so we do some s'mores when it's hotter days, and it's always nice to have a little extra lighting.
0: Uh, do you always uh, point out an our kind of guy, our kind of gal in OKG over there at the, the Rail City uh, Casino in the L-House. Todd, who do you got for us this week?
3: So, so, Rail City Way, Pride Passion Fund, she's great. So, uh, we have Sarah and actually today, marks her 10 years at Rail City. She spent the majority of the time in marketing, whether it's working in the club, uh, then she moved up to a sale, uh, marketing coordinator, which um, she does all the stuff that really supports the manager to make sure the gifts get out, make sure all that stuff. And recently we just promoted her and moved her into accounting. Strange transition from marketing to accounting. We think she's gonna really support the fun environment over there in accounting and liven those folks up a bit. So Sarah's done a great job for the last 10 years and we think she's the best.
0: Sarah, congratulations. You are the Nevada Sportsnet Rail City OKG of the week. I love somebody who's loyal and I love the idea that you promote from within. I do love the idea of promoting from within and rewarding somebody who's, uh, who's shown uh, hard work and dedication to, uh, to your cause. Um, Todd, obviously we're seeing uh, some states lift things when it comes to COVID. We've had uh, people be able to gather a little bit more right now. Um, Has any of that changed over at Rail City or what are your policies? We
3: have have changed some stuff. So we're no longer taking temperatures at the door. So we don't have somebody at the door. Um, We've opened the second door on the property. So we opened the middle door. So um, as demand has grown, we've kind of run out of spots to park by the door. So we opened the center one, which now... Let's either come in the center of the casino or literally right next to the alehouse. house. So we did that. We are still taking temps for team members. It's just one of those things. They're so close with each other nonstop. We're still, still doing that in the back of the house to keep sure everybody's safe. And and we don't want our team to, to get exposed to that stuff. So yeah, we're, we are. And then uh, as of Monday, we get to go to 50% occupancy, which means the alehouse house goes to 80 folks in there. So we'll be able to crank up the volume even more in the alehouse. house.
0: Have you seen the uh, increase in customers coming through your doors?
3: We have. Absolutely. We have. Over the weekend, we had a lot of people here. We had a lot of people waiting to get into the alehouse. Great day. We did 374 covers that day. I think 90 rib specials. It's just, they're cranking over there. Our new room chef starts on Monday. So the kitchen will just get fired up even more and and we'll have some more great specials coming. Good stuff. Real
0: City Todd, we appreciate it. Must in Arkansas, plus 5,000. I may have to get out of the house i may have to get out of the house and throw some throw some scratch down todd appreciate the time man good to see you yes. Stay safe. thank you all right well much more coming up here on nsn daily right after this week two of high school football here in uh the second week of march which is something i never thought i would be talking about but i'm just glad that we're we're seeing uh, kids to be able to play high school football uh chris uh, let's go through uh, uh the power rankings in the uh, in the 5a division here in the north. Uh, no change among the top two
2: i'll go with bishop minogue number one there's no reason to change that they had a dominant win over spanish springs they were up 38 to seven at one point they ended up winning 38 to 16 drew Scaleri threw for 200 yards and two touchdowns at 169 rushing yards and two touchdowns so the future nevada quarterback looked really really good and i mean bishop minogue's defense was really really strong uh, tristan zabo is a really good quarterback for spanish springs and Minogue held him to seven of 23 passing for 83 yards. Now, part of that is because he lost his top two wide receivers to graduation and his top uh, tight end, Jackson LaDuke's now at Oregon. So uh, they're going to have to learn as they go through. Obviously, Minogue played really well in that first game, and now they get Douglas this week, which is a strong team. So we'll see if they're uh, uh, going to have such a lopsided win this Friday when they uh, host the Tigers.
0: Moving up a couple of spots, are those Douglas Tigers? And I guess what really jumps out to me is that uh, they just ran all over Galena. They shut out Galena. Um, and gave up just uh, 28 yards but Trevor Kruger, coming out of nowhere I mean everybody's been talking about uh, about Smalley playing down there and getting a bunch of a bunch of looks from power five schools he ran for almost 250 yards.
2: Smalley scored a couple of touchdowns but yeah I moved Douglas from five to three right behind Damani Ranch which stayed at two Galena, you can't maybe read too much into a 26-0 to win. Galena really struggled on offense last year, and it's carried over this year. But Douglas only allowed 28 yards in that game, a 26-0 to win. So that'll play for sure. It's going to be much more difficult against Minogue, but the defense looked really strong. Uh, they ran for almost 300 yards. As you mentioned, Trevin Kruger, uh, a really good player himself, 247 of those yards. Now, Douglas only threw for 26 yards, and they're breaking in a new quarterback. So that's the big question. Will they be able to throw the ball at all against Minogue? Old um, just be able to kind of stack up his defensive line and try and stop Trevor Kruger in that running game. But, yeah, Douglas should be an upper echelon 5A team this year, and nothing that happened in that first game against Kalina changed my mind on that one.
0: Reid drops two spots in your rankings, uh, or moves up, sorry, goes to number four from six. McQueen actually drops two spots, even though winning their season opener over North Valley, so it was a 3A team. Uh, McQueen, who we expect expected and do expect things out of, uh, transfer Ashton Hayes uh, held only 24 yards on 22 carries. And he's got a number of power five offers. So we'll see if, uh, see if uh, that's just an anomaly for the Lancers. If you want to check out Chris's entire rankings of the Northern 4, uh, 5A division, uh, just go to NevadaSportsNet.com. Uh, we'll have much more here on NSN Daily right after this. This segment is sponsored by Bradley, Drendel, and Janae. Welcome back to NSN Daily. It is Thursday. That means we bring in Joe Bradley from Bradley Drendel and Janae for bet or no bet. Uh, Joe, looking dapper once again.
4: I like that sweater. Well, thank you, Brian. You know, it's uh, Nevada's playing today, so we try and do our part around the office.
0: Well, let's dive right in on that. I mean, Chris and I have been talking about this game for what feels like three months, Nevada and Boise State. Uh, does Nevada, like my first bet or no bet, does Nevada win the Mountain West Conference basketball tournament? Better no bet.
4: Well, I don't know that they win the that they win the tournament, uh, but I certainly think that they can get past Boise State. Uh, but winning the tournament is a tall order. San Diego State, Utah State, even Boise State is going to be hard to get past. But it's a it's a brand new season starting today, and I do like their chances uh, against Boise State. I'll go that far better, better no bet. I would bet against them winning the tournament.
0: Chris, uh, let's go through the numbers. Once again, Uh, the national, some of the numbers don't give uh, Nevada much of a chance. I think you and I are closer to the eight to 10% chance range of winning range of winning the whole tournament. What are the numbers? Again, it's I mean, the,
2: the, yeah, the Vegas odds are twenty to one, so they're given Nevada a five percent chance of winning the Mountain West tournament. They're certainly a long shot, the fifth best team in the field, and it's just hard to win conference tournaments. Think of all the great teams Nevada's had the last twenty years. They've only won three conference tournaments since two thousand. They won two back in the Big Sky, so five total in its history. But you can bring a great team to this tournament and still not get to the championship and hold up that trophy. So um, I'm going to no bet that Nevada wins the Mountain West tournament this year, but let's do like a 2022 tournament. I will bet that they win next year. I think Nevada's going to have a really strong team next year, so uh, maybe just gratification delayed a little bit. It would be cool if Nevada won this year and made that Cinderella run, but I'm not betting on that one.
0: The futures bet has been predicted by Chris Murray. (laughs) Nevada wins the 2022 Mountain West Conference Basketball Tournament. Uh, Joe, we learned earlier this week that the Texas Rangers are going to be, one, one, the governor of Texas has basically opened everything back up. Granted, businesses themselves can mandate a mask uh, if you want to walk into a grocery store or a convenience store or something. But the Texas Rangers baseball team has said, we are going to allow 100% capacity with masks. Bet or no bet. You want tickets to a
4: Rangers game, Joe? Would you go to a, t- a Rangers game there this spring? Well. Uh, you know, interestingly enough, I got the, the the governor determined that lawyers were essential, so I got my second vaccine yesterday. I so I'm fully vaxed, but uh, just in the interest of of everybody's safety, no, I would not I would not feel comfortable in a hundred percent capacity at a at a uh, Texas Ranger State uh, baseball game in the stadium. Uh, I, first of all, I don't think it's uh, I don't think you're di- doing your civic duty by, uh, by participating in something like that. You know, I, I I still think, listen, I think we're getting to the end of the tunnel. Uh, It's not only just light at the end of the tunnel, we're getting to the end of the tunnel. And, and I think if we just stay the course and continue on the path that we're going, that maybe we can all get back to some sense of normalcy. But what you don't want to see is another spike. You don't want to see more, more illness, more hospitalizations,
2: and certainly you don't want to see any more deaths.
0: Chris, I can't give these tickets away. You want to take Dominic to a Rangers game?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to no bet on that one. I haven't gone through the vaccination process, so that's an easy decision. And like Joe, even if I had, uh, we're just not to the end yet. You don't want to prolong this any longer than we have to. I do think you're going to see a lot of people in that stadium. So they built it, and it opened last year, and obviously there were no fans. So there's probably Texas Ranger fans who have been wanting to go to a game in that specific stadium uh, for more than a year now. It did host a National League Championship game in the World Series, so maybe a few people were able to get in because they had limited capacity for that but you're talking about a stadium that has 40,000 plus people and and I would not be comfortable right now but my bet is that there's going to be a lot of sold out games if that's the case just because it is a brand new beautiful stadium and people want to go experience it themselves and if they're being given the green light I think the Rangers are going to draw quite a few fans
0: naturally people want to get out I mean and I I'm with you guys I would definitely no bet this uh the only way I would you know be at that game is if I'm playing center field out there by myself you know i mean that that would be it and there's no chance of that ever happening but i mean you you can definitely tell people want to get back out and it's natural to want to get back out the nascar race that was held in las vegas motor speedway over the weekend was a sellout for the amount of people that they could have they sold every ticket that they could i mean that's a that's that's an example of people want to get back out but at the same time uh i'm not ready to be sitting shoulder to shoulder with somebody once you know some of my nachos Uh, Joe speaking of Texas Jerry Jones goes big no matter what he does he goes big and Dak Prescott got his payday Um, unbelievable size contract for a guy who is coming off of an injury the Cowboys have really underachieved for America's team over the last 25 years that's no hate that's just a fact did Jerry Jones and the Cowboys overspend on Dak Prescott
4: I sure think that uh, they overspent on Dak Prescott. He hasn't really gotten them to the promised land to date. Uh, I I just don't think that he's been the, the go-to guy for them, but it, I guess that Jerry Jones sees him as the future of that franchise because I believe he gave him a four year, $160 million contract. And so that is putting a lot of confidence putting your money where your mouth is and betting on a guy that heretofore has not really brought you there. So I'll be interested to see how that plays out.
0: Chris, your thoughts on this? Have they overspent on him? And would your mind change if the, if the Cowboys go out and go to the Super Bowl this year?
2: Well, obviously, if they go to the Super Bowl, then it's money well spent. I, I mean, I don't think that they overspent. The going right for quarterbacks just goes up every time a quarterback signs a new deal. It's very rare that the best quarterback in the NFL is getting paid the most. Like Matthew Stafford was that guy at one point. Jared Goff was that guy at one point. Kirk Cousins was that guy at one point. And it's kind of just tier that the next quarterback to sign the deal is going to be the biggest one yet. I'm all for NFL players getting their money, especially a guy like Dak. He was a fourth round pick. So he really hasn't been paid much of anything up until this point um, because of where he was selected you look at a guy like kyle van noy here from reno i mean the guy signs a four-year 51 million dollar contract he's cut after one year and he only gets 15 million of that you look like a guy like Eric Fisher, uh, left tackle for the Chiefs. He tears his Achilles in the AFC Championship game, and the Chiefs cut him today just to save $10 million. Uh, These contracts are so not guaranteed for the players. Like, I'm all for these guys putting their bodies on the line, uh, going and getting that money. So um, it's just if you want to keep a guy like Dak, that's what you got to pay. That's what he would have got on the open market. So it does seem like a lot of money, $40 million a year for sure. But, you know, he's a top-10 quarterback, and those guys get paid because that's the most important position on the field.
0: I agree with you 150% because, you know, these guys, it's not guaranteed. The owners are getting paid. The owners are making money. I mean, you see these cathedrals that they're building to play the game of footballing. When I saw Brandon Marshall get his payday after getting cut by Jacksonville and he goes to to Denver, wins a Super Bowl, gets his payday. Joel Batonio got his payday. You know who's next? Malik Reed will get a payday. He's going to get paid. And I love the fact that that's uh, going to happen for guys like that. So yeah, I mean, it's a lot of money i mean we, we all say oh yeah, only 15 million dollars i mean for for our, most of us that is a ridiculous chunk of change but at the same time a guy gets cut so a team can save a little bit of money when it comes to when it comes to their their sort of perspective joe one last thing did you get to read chris's article about spending 20 dollars on a, a basketball lineup and a coach for the Wolfpack? did you get to see that article
4: i, I didn't see the article I, I watched the show yesterday and i heard you guys talking a little bit about it refresh my memory i have
0: i've been you have an assignment sir and we, <laughs> next time we do better no bet i want to hear your five players and your coach you get to spend twenty dollars on five players we have a great graph that was built by by kirsten Moran and Jenna holland our, our great uh, co-workers and you spend twenty dollars on five players and a coach and nobody picked chris's team we're going <laughs> to talk about well, we we have been talking about this for for a couple of weeks, but I, I want to see, but out of your perspective, who would you put on your team? Go to NevadaSportsNet.com. I'll send you a link if you don't have it. Let me know. But I want to get your team next week.
4: I'll go to NevadaSportsNet.com. I really want to kind of study that and see. It was fun. I have my own. I have my own thoughts about how I'd spend that twenty bucks.
0: I know you would. I know you would. So uh, appreciate your time, Joe Bradley from Bradley Adrenaline Janae. Every single week here. On better, no bet. Support. Uh, appreciate your support, but also just love talking sports with you, Joe.
4: Yeah, thank you guys very much. And go back today. We'll be right back. With win against Boise State, right?
0: We'll be back with more here on NSN Daily right after this. I want to thank uh, Todd Dreamer of Real City Todd coming on the show. A great place to go watch some NCAA. Uh, Got you a know, bracket week basketball over at Rail City. If you want to check that out for Alex Marty, Lee and Shannon Kelly covering it down in Las Vegas. And Chris Murray joining me here on the air. And of course, he's our rock, Anthony Resnick behind the scenes. Nevada, San Diego State, 630 tonight. Check or 6 30 Friday night. Check it out. CBS Sports Network.